Alright, welcome to episode number 52 of the Perfect Fan Podcast, our first one for 2020. We're going to be chatting all things about the lessons from 2019 and how to attack 2020 with my wife, Shel McCormack. You were going to say Shel Jeans. Yeah, I was going to many <laughs> times actually. <laughs> Even on stage, like my knees frame you up. Training. The rush of things you can still stay controlled. So before we kick off the episode, just a quick word from our partners and sponsors. First of all, starting off with True Protein. So True aren't afraid to cut through the noise of an oversaturated marketplace. They deliver all natural, genuine products with Genuine health benefits and none of the fake stuff. So guys, if you've never tried True, I highly recommend it. I've been with the guys for the past three years and it's by far the best products that I've ever used. You can get them on trueprotein.com.au and if you use the code PERFITFAM10, you'll get a PERFITFAM discount. You can buy them from over 200 retailers right here in Perth if you don't want to wait for your shipping. So if you want to find the retailer closest for you, just reach out and I'll point you in the right direction. Or if you are a gym, a CrossFit box or a PT and you do want to become a stockist of True Protein, yell out, let me know. Or you can go to trueprotein.com.au forward slash wholesale to apply. Also, we have FitFam Finder, a dating app for fitness singles. You guys probably would have seen me talk about this a lot over the past four months. So by the time this podcast comes out, it's going to be live on the App Store. We're just at the final stage of application. So if you're fit, you're single, and you dislike or have had bad experiences with current dating apps, then we've developed a dating app specifically for you fitness enthusiasts. FitFan Finder, you'll find it on the Apple iOS store as of Wednesday, which is tomorrow. tomorrow. So by the time you guys see this, that should be live. And then finally, if you haven't checked us out yet online, go to perfitfam.com.au. On perfitfam.com.au, we give you guys a full directory of fitness businesses within Perth. So gyms, CrossFit boxes, yoga, Pilates. We're introducing personal trainers. We have events. There's going to be a job listing coming soon. I can't begin to tell you guys how often I get asked from employers, do I know any good staff or for staff? Um, are there any jobs going? So we're going to incorporate that into into the directory. We're going to be giving you guys awesome articles and content throughout the year. So head to, uh, I was going to say True Protein. Head to perfitfam.com.au to stay connected to the Perth fitness scene. But my wife, <laughs> Shell Jeans. Finally. I know, right? So you've been behind the camera so so much of the Perfect Fam podcast. But we thought it would be an awesome idea for us to jump on the podcast together and kick it off Let's for do 2020. It. Let's do it. I'm excited. You're excited? Yes. All right. So we had a massive we had a massive year in 2019 and we want to talk about that. We want to talk about the lessons that we went through. Um, it's definitely our best year to date, mm-hmm. um, probably professionally and um, personally as well. Um, so let's start right from the start. So I know uh, Perfect Fam's like four years, four years old now. Nearly. Yep. Yeah, four years old. So we kind of it started off as an Instagram sharing platform. We kind of built it up, and um, last year we really kind of took it in a direction. Um, I guess that's kind of brought us to where we are now. We were mm-hmm. top thirty podcast, mm-hmm. uh, top thirty fitness podcast on iTunes. Did the Arnold's, did the CrossFit Games. Um, started helping people with social media. But when we started the year, I know that we spoke about um, 
we knew we had something and we knew that we just needed to really invest um, invest in ourselves and invest in education to where it should be. So um, I feel weird because usually it's an interview and I feel <laughs> like we're just having a discussion now. So so at the end of at the end of 2018, I know that we made some choices and and you had changed your job. So talk me through that from your point of view. Okay, so I did a real a year in real estate in 2018. That's what you wanted to do too. Yes. That was something that was always on your goals that you wanted to be. Yeah, so I guess um, just so everyone knows, uh, my background's in nutrition science. Um, I spent 11 years in uh, both the natural medicine industry and the sports supplements industry as a rep, state manager, national sales manager. That's how I ended up in Perth. And kind of got to the end of 2017 and I'd... I was done with supplements and I'd been investing in real estate for nearly, I think, nine years at the, at the time and always there was a part of me um, that wanted to, um, you know, work within the industry but opportunities would come up within, you know, sports supplements, but my area of expertise so I'd always take up those opportunities but enough was enough and it was time to sort of jump ship and just give it a shot and... Uh, I think I got about six or seven months in and although I was like, you know, learning skills, you know, working with property investors, I was buying, you know, investment properties for clients, I just didn't enjoy the eight to five, being in peak hour traffic every day, being in that office, like bright lights, um, not being in a field where, you know, people are fit and healthy, um, having to do a lot of weekends and I'm like, I just asked myself, I'm like, can you see yourself doing this for even like another 12 months? And the answer was no. So um, I think that's when we started talking. Perfect Fit was starting to gain a lot of momentum. And um, I had a client's property settling. Um, it was around Australia Day, so pretty much 12 months ago um, come this coming weekend. Yeah, and Australia Day. Yeah, yeah. and um, we agreed, well, um, well I, the best thing is to see that client through to settlement and then, yep, put in my resignation and... Um, jump ship as of like 1st of February. So 1st of February, I quit my full-time job. I've never, um, I've always been an employee for various companies my entire life, never been in the business world. And um, so it was exciting and scary, but um, we decided we had like one opportunity to like make Perfect Fem something massive and um, it was like go all in. Um, so, because you were always real good with money and you're always used to having like decent paid jobs and, and you managed that really well. So, early in the piece, how, um, early in the piece, how was it, uh, I guess emotionally or just like mentally to not have that safety there? I think like the, I had a little bit of savings to kind of get me through like the first few months um, and I guess I probably had expectations that like, um, yeah, we're going to be like earning uh, like a lot faster than what happened and I think the the part that made it difficult was um, we decided to sell one of my properties and um, it ended up having to have this like you know I think it was like a 15 grand renovation um, and that kind of like sunk out um, it like yeah swallowed up all my, my all my savings and then the property didn't sell and that kind of like put us into that sort of financial stress and that's when like I'm like oh all right we've got a we've got a hustle so that um yeah that safety net had gone and it was a very new situation for me to be in and there was definitely like a lot of highs and lows and you had to coach me definitely like the first like six or eight months um that 
things are going to be okay. Like we've got a roof over our heads, we've got food on the table, things are going to work out. We just got to keep like moving forward. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but we made a decision at the start of the year as well um, was that we kind of got to a certain point mm. within the business, but yep. we needed direction, like we needed coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we invested heavily this year in coaches throughout the year and they all got us through like a, a different platform. The first one being London Real mm-hmm. with the vlogger, um, Brian Rose. Um, and then we worked with Kim Barrett later on in the year from mm-hmm. Your Social Voice, which mm-hmm. helped us get to a next level. So how do you think the coaching um, like impacted you as far as what you learned, but also, I guess, the direction of the business as well? Do you think that we would have achieved what we did without getting that guidance? I'd say... Uh, possibly, but it wouldn't have been in such a short amount of time. I think we'd built the business to um, a certain level, but for us to take it to that next level uh, fairly fast, we needed like we needed like mentors and guidance. And having like the like so the London Real course um, with Brian Rose that was like an eight week course, but there was like extreme accountability. You had like modules to do every single week. There were so many steps to push you outside your comfort zone for me to like upskill and develop, and then for us to you know in eight weeks time launch our first like online course. I think the speed of it um, and just like the support kind of like um, you had to like. You had to make shit happen fast. So Yeah, but uh, we made stuff happen fast correct. too. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. What people don't understand is that was based in London. So yes. our, our mentors were based in London. And we were up at like two was it two AM? Two AM to about three thirty AM Monday and Wednesdays mornings for eight weeks. Eight weeks. So that's sixteen times we had to wake up at two AM to do calls before then we had to go back to bed. Which, we, yeah, sorry, here you go. Which straight away disqualifies most people out because from my experience, most people don't have that level of commitment to even do something so simple, although inconvenient, something so simple like that. Um, so what was your biggest lesson? So I cut you off if you were going to put it I was going to say, and we never missed a call, not one. Not one. So um, biggest lessons um, that... I learned that when we make a decision, we follow through. Like, um, there's no turning back. It's like, you know, we've just invested, I thought it was three grand, but when my I checked my credit card bill, it was actually 3,000 US. I'm like, ah, oh, babe, we've just spent $4,500 on this course. Like, we need to make this money back fast. Yeah, which, <laughs> um, which is a novice mistake when you're buying... <laughs> when you're buying online courses internationally. Yeah, please check the um, the, the currency. <laughs> but it was worth it. And then that got us to a level. The biggest thing, the biggest thing with that, outside of the early mornings, outside of showcasing that, um, you know, us mentally uh, had the ability to follow through, there were 96 other people that went through this course and they guided us to, you know, how we should be providing value to our audience because obviously we do, you know, a lot of the content, like this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've always done the vlog sort of stuff. We had built an audience and a community of providing value. And um, in my mind, I always thought that we would do like events, mm. expos, summits, these sorts of things. And that's where I thought it would develop. But when we actually quizzed our customers and like we got some guidance from it, the one thing that everyone wanted to know was social media. Mm-hmm. Like, and it tied into our customer discovery early in the piece. Whenever I caught up with those hundreds of gyms, um, and I would always ask, you know, what was the biggest issue within their business? It was always like social media or mm-hmm. marketing. And um, we're the leaders in that space, mm-hmm. like 100%. Um, and so when we went through the course and they really hammered us to have like a digital product to be able to sell 
and I was quite against mm-hmm. it. And then, you know, it was kind of like that gun to the head situation of, well, you have to do this. So I was also balls deep into a 24-hour race. Um, the weekend in the, before. In the outskirts of Sydney at this point in time as well. Um, and so we did it. We put it all together over a couple of days. It's like, yeah, 48 hours to create a course. And then we had to host a webinar to sell it. Yeah, that's mm. right. So we did all of that all within a few days. And then we, um, we launched it. And the results of that were we actually um, were, were to, we had more sales than 96 other people around the world that were Yeah, I think course. it was like 72 registered for like the webinar and I think we had 24 um, course sales off the bat within like a 12-hour period. Yeah, and that's like not a, that's not like a, a boasting or a celebration but it comes down to doing your customer discovery, understanding what your audience wants and then getting validation on that mm. before you move forward. And I wish that I, I wish I knew the basics of startup business when I started Perfect Fan because it just started as a way for me to showcase cool stuff within the fitness scene. But I didn't have any um, proper startup business knowledge mm. uh, and made the same mistakes that most people do, that we teach them not to do now. And it's the things like you think you have a good idea, you invest so much into it, you put so much time into it, but you've never actually validated or confirmed um, a problem in the market, providing a solution, and then whether customers actually want that. So we were able to do that at this stage. And then as we moved on to your social voice, we were able to improve on our offering. And so, you know, it really validated, okay, this is what we do outside mm-hmm. of our content. Um, this is how we've created a sustainable business for us financially. Mm-hmm. And then also this is how we provide extreme value to um, to fitness business owners mm-hmm. that's not currently available there for them, especially not at the level and the experience that we do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel? Two things. How did you feel when we made the first sales? I think it was that just that excitement but confirmation that people are willing to pay, um, you've got something of value that people are actually willing to, to buy and um, most people wouldn't know that um, I was actually in touch with a um, HR company, I was actually looking at going back to work because I was like, if we don't start you know, making some decent you know, sales, um, I'm not going to have any income. So like I was actually like this close to um, to getting uh, back into like medical repping and after that first sale and then because the, um, the sale account was like tied to my email, like it was like every few minutes there was this ding, 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 ding. ding. Yep. I think we went to like the petrol station just to get some, like, when we get like a Coke Zero and, Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We had a cream. celebration. <laughs> yeah, Coke Zero and ice cream. And my, my emails are just dinging and I'm like, babe, we've got a business and like literally the next day, the, the Friday morning, like um, I called the HR lady and she's like hooked me up with all these interviews literally to go straight to the top uh, to get like sign off on this job and I'm like, sorry, um, I, I pull out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about when, so from there, that was kind of like the test in the market but then yep. we moved on um, and had higher value sort of courses as well. Um, so yep. then what was what was your experience like going from doing the early ones to I guess the higher yep. I guess the higher value courses? Yeah, I guess um like you've gotta understand or people gonna need to understand that, you know, you're not gonna make millions of dollars selling, you know, a fifty dollar course. So Yeah, th- nor can you provide the right value for your time to be able to do that either. Yeah, exactly. So we had an understanding that um 
to I guess take the business to the next level like you need like a you know high-end sort of coaching option and I was just excited I'm like all right cool like we've got the foundations there now it's time to like you know build something um, of high value that you know all the fitness professionals fitness businesses um, um, like really will really need I guess yeah so um, so yeah then it came down to like you know searching for like the next coach to take us through to that yeah, and then we did that as well, um, and that's been successful. I think the biggest thing for that is when I've seen the results mm-hmm. that our students have got and people with minimal to no experience, yeah. and then you know, hey, what you actually have to offer, it really helps these people out. Like, it not, not just helps, like it changes the way that they do business. Um, and for me, that's something which meant a lot. Um, especially like anyone, you always have like that imposter syndrome. We've spoken um, yep. to Alice Round about it on her podcast. Um, uh, Renee Porter mm-hmm. talks about it. And these are people that are so exceptional at what they do, but even they doubt their skill set mm-hmm. um, as well. But then when you actually execute it and you can see the knowledge that you pass on and the impact it has, for me, that was like a massive uh, confirmation of like, Everyone needs to do this. Yeah. Like, you know, one of our students, you know, um, making like, you know, 12 grand back in new clients in the matter of a few weeks. Yeah. That's like, that's epic revenue. It's Um, epic. And then the back end of that, mm because I've been following that up and seeing where they're at. And and, and so that's after the course when I'm not doing it and they're just implementing the knowledge and hearing the consistent results they're getting. Like for them... That's like life changing. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that we we spoke about it once we started to once we did the first rollout and we had people come on and because um, people don't want you don't want to be salesy right you yep. don't want to feel like you you you're pushing something on someone I think that's an issue that everyone has mm-hmm. where they don't know how to value themselves but as soon as we did that and especially when we started seeing results um, it was very easy for us to have I guess a motto mm-hmm. is that people like. Um, People want what you have. Like yes. They want your knowledge yep. um, and they need your help. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And it's true. So that was really easy for us um, to be able to go to. And then obviously we got married. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that will go into the pre-setup story <laughs> of that. That'll be for the OnlyFans account if people want to know how that all came about. But um, uh, so we did that in a real practical out there, out there sort of way. Five it was, weeks. It was yeah. It was a surprise wedding. So so we can like paint that for people as well. Um, so we were always going to have a surprise engagement wedding. Yeah. So engagement that turned into a surprise wedding. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And um, both your families from over east, my family's from over east. Obviously, we have friends here, but a lot of our like pretty much all of our family and extended friends are still not here. Yeah. Yeah. Over there. And so we discussed it one night and, you know, we weren't engaged. We were almost together for four years. And um, I said, well, we're going to have a surprise engagement wedding. The logistics and practicality of that is that um, most people aren't going to come from over east because it's expensive, it's time consuming, and they're just going to wait for the wedding, which Mm -hmm. isn't going to happen because it's going to happen then. And then that's when I said, why don't we just fast track it and cut through all of that stuff um, because otherwise we'll need to get engaged. We'll need to have like a three-month waiting period or whatever to, to put this party together that people aren't going to turn up to. So why don't we just not do any of that and then just get married? And it turns out that our four-year anniversary was on Melbourne Cup Day. Yes. And um, so that made sense. And yeah, like you said, within five weeks, it was all planned and it was all done. No one knew about it. Our parents didn't know about it. And then we sent them a message with the budgie smugglers once it was done saying, um, hey, so we did a thing today. 
And um, your mum. <laughs> my mum thought it was a Fit Fan Finder ploy. <laughs> but they were excited before anyone goes, what do they think? They were very, very excited and happy for both of us. And I think, yeah, we did it our way. It was like the most fun day. We had like nine friends um, that came along and we just got to spend like so much personal time with them and mm. just like really enjoy the moment. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to do it any other way. Um, yeah. And, and um, uh, <laughs> so the night of our wedding, so this is during oh, the yeah. kind of like <laughs> setting up Fit Fan Finder and Launching getting ready course. to do the launch. Yeah. Launching the course. All of it all happened at once. Um, so I went through a, a pre-accelerator program, which so an accelerator is obviously accelerating your business. It's a common word in the startup um, startup communities. So I went through a pre-program to set us mm-hmm. up for that, which is how I was going to position, had the assistance I needed to mm-hmm. uh, position Fit Van Finder. But the last day was on our wedding day or the Tuesday last night. evening. It was on a Tuesday night and I'd already booked it and we decided that would be the wedding day. And so we made a decision that I still needed to be. I'm like, you've paid like a lot of money for this course. You need to go to this final thing and um, just go. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that, that's actually a good example of another course or another bit of education and mentor support that we got help with this year. Um, so yeah, I rocked up that night. A few people followed me on social media and they're like, hey man, did you, didn't you get married today? I was like, yeah, yeah, but it's last week. So um, <laughs> I got to be here. And... <laughs> I can't swear, but um, this is going on Facebook. I'll get fooled. But um, yeah, they were they were shocked. Uh, they were shocked to say the least. Um, and that just kind of like showed our commitment um mm-hmm. to what we do and doing the stuff that most people don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that practical approach to getting the job done. So anyway, we did that. Then we went off on our honeymoon, honeymoon, and uh, had all that stuff in the end of year sprint. So went off to the East Coast to MC the Bay Games together. That was two days after the wedding. Yep. yep. Sonny Webster came the next week. Yep. Had Chasing Better throw down the week after that. Yep. And then we finally got to go uh, to Bali. Bali for a week, yeah. Yep. Which was something that we wanted to do for a long time, but it was such a busy year. So that was all we got to do. Um, and then finally, I think for me, like there's a few things that happened throughout the year. And I, and I brought it up, um, I think, before with not understanding the startup, um, the process and the science of a startup business, which is something that I'm now experienced and educated in. So Fear Fan Finder is the big thing. And um, going from an idea, which was a joke on Instagram stories when someone requested us to help find them a date, um, to actually having the idea and then putting it on Kickstarter to bringing it to where it is now. So to give people the process about like, how that happened so obviously it was a joke on um instagram stories instagram stories and I, then i said to you hey this is actually a thing like people are actually interested in it and there's an opportunity um but i won't work on it whilst you're around because at that stage we had the courses coming we had a lot on our plate we were busy yeah we were busy and so i would wake up at 3 30 a.m because you would train in the morning so you would go to training at um 5 30 um and then get back later. And so I would wake up and then I would work till about eight o'clock when mm-hmm. you got home and then that would be it. But one thing that I said, and this is like, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and having the guts to do something is um, I said that I wouldn't pursue it unless it was funded. Mm-hmm. Um, unless we found, uh, unless we got funding from it, which originally was Kickstarter. Yep. Now, most people are too scared to put themselves out, like straight up. 
And I had no fear. I was just, I didn't even think about it twice, to be honest. I just thought, oh, great idea. People are talking about it. It's got a lot of buzz. This is going to get funded. And the the day that I put it on Kickstarter, somebody sent me a message saying, hey, this is awesome. Um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, not many people would have the guts to put themselves out there like this, mm-hmm. meaning that, hey, if it fails, it's going to look bad. Yep. And I didn't think about it twice until I got that message. And then I started thinking about it because I, I wasn't concerned of what other people thought. And then I realized, um, oh yeah, she's right. Like this possibly won't get funded and this possibly will be a lot of egg on my face. Um, and then I started to think about it from a fearful point of view. And um, I think that's something that most people get stuck in, um, which they shouldn't because the reality is, isn't, even if it didn't get funded, then... It's other ways. Yeah, no, mm. one would, no one would have even noticed. They're too busy with their own lives. Yep. And that's sort of how I approach everything and the risk that I take with the stuff that we do as well. Um, but anyway, the Kickstarter failed miserably. And, but I had more inquiries from investors than what I almost had Kickstarter backers. (laughs) And one of those turned into the seed fund who's now one of the co-founders and we built a team and then going from a three-month period of a joke on Instagram stories to putting this out, to building the database, Mm -hmm. getting the app developed, doing the FitFam Finder launch, all within this small amount of time, it was just unheard of. Mm -hmm. And to pull it off at that like as a team, this isn't me giving myself kudos. This is like the three co-founders that managed to do it. It's just insane. And the, the biggest lesson that I learned out of that um, was the team and the people that you surround yourself with. Like, And we hear it all the time, but it makes such a massive difference to your life. Oh, absolutely. Like you've all got to be on the same page, have the same goals. Otherwise, you're going to be working at different speeds and nothing's going to get done. Yeah. And the quality of those people too. Like, I mean, you know, I spoke about getting up at 3.30, 3 a.m. or to do the courses 2 a.m. We're literally up sometimes at 3.30 a.m. chatting on Skype because we're so excited about this thing that we just get up and we just start getting into it. You know, we have meetings at ridiculous times if, if it needs to be done every single one of the co-founders has that same level of commitment that you probably would almost be impossible hmm. to find elsewhere, which is massive. Um, so that was, a, that was a huge end for us. We had like a massive year, definitely the biggest year in every um, aspect. every aspect for sure. Um, so if you had a highlight of 2020, what would it be? If it's just one, it'd have to be getting married. I'd yeah, say. <laughs> that was a bad setup to the question. Well, oh, Obviously getting married. I think there's three. I think there's obviously getting married. Um, I think launching our first like um, high-end coaching course yep. and then Fit Fan Finder Festival. Yep. I think they're, th- they're separate, but they're three significant t- points of the year. Yeah. I think like there was definitely a few which I had. So the 24-hour race oh, yeah. was massive um, for me, mm-hmm. not only to complete it, but to do it at that level mm-hmm. and what it took mentally. I didn't really prepare physically that much for it. I ran like, you know, on average one and a bit times a week. Like, what are you eating? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my approach, except that actual, what it took mentally to be able to come through. And, and I remember when I finished it and I was like, man, I feel like I can do anything. Mm. And that was it. And that gave me like such a level of confidence, which is now apparent in like how I approach stuff in life. Um, obviously getting married, 
Um, the CrossFit Games was massive. Of course, yep. Yeah, being able to do the CrossFit Games because what people don't realize is, you know, Perfit Fam's essentially a, a pretty small platform in the scope of media platforms out there. It's just a localized platform. Um, but when I saw that they were doing um, uh, like live streaming through different publishers, mm-hmm. I had no fear to approach them about it. I was like, what's the worst that can happen? And I presented a good case and we got it. And we were one of the largest streams on Facebook in the world. Um, just just having social media experience and it was so much fun. And we were up from 10 p.m. at night till 4 p.m. in the... Was it 4? Uh, 5 a.m. maybe? Yeah, f- yeah, yeah, 5 a.m. in the morning. And we did that for, was it four nights in a row? Something like that, yep. And it was the best time. It was the best time. It felt like I was hardly even up. It was such a good time. So that was like really cool. Um, but I think like just the personal changes mm. um, this year as well. I think, yeah, like we've both just like a lot of personal growth. I know even for me, just like building that resilience mm. and um, upskilling, learning how to like deal with lots of different situations and learning that like in business, if something's not working, you've got to pivot very fast and then just yep. like... Um, yeah, letting go of like one certain direction, make a change. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is the next sort of change. So um, yeah, it was a huge year. It was a huge year. All right. And then setting up for 2020. So we learned so many lessons along the year. We improved as people so much. So for 2020, um, the goals and plans. Uh, First of all, yours. Hey. <laughs> oh, we get Little Rich today. Too. Oh yeah, we do. So for those who haven't seen, Little Rich is our French bulldog. Um, who is nine weeks old? Nine today. weeks old. Um, Rich Fronin McCormack. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah, we'll be coming for parents today. For parents today. So with Perfit Fan, oh, Fit Fan Finder mm-hmm. is obvious. So that gets launched. Um, that should be tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it should be out by the time people see this. So that's a massive push this year. Yep. Like the opportunity that we have there and the team that we have behind that. Um, the direction and almost reverse engineering Perfit Fan as mm-hmm. well. So what people were going to be able to expect this year from Perfit Fam is um, better quality content. So um, better thought out content, more creative content, more consistent, um, more consistent, a fresh vibe, but also utilizing our website as a central hub mm-hmm. um, for the fitness scene. So we've already done that by pulling people together with the Bushfire fundraisers where they raised over $100,000 mm-hmm. and creating that awareness. And um, obviously that, that was an amazing cause. My parents were involved in that. But to see the community get around something and for us to be able to help promote and create exposure and awareness to encourage more people to do it, mm-hmm. like that's epic. And if we can do more things like that um, just on different levels within the industry, um, that's just going to be super awesome too. So obviously it's not a one-person job. So we have a team coming on to help us with our content mm-hmm. this year as well. Um, and just creating awareness around the platform and helping give exposure to the business and helping create an ecosystem for people to discover what's around in Perth to be able to book in, um, to be able to see local events. Mm-hmm. I know that we're going to have a jobs board coming through soon because yep. every single, um, you know, every week I get hit up a few times um, about, hey, do you um, do you know you know any jobs available? So we want to give people a platform, you know, to be able to do that. So for us. The, just the evolution with how we do things mm-hmm. as professionals. And then, of course, just helping business business owners, local fitness business owners with their content too. Yeah. Because the more successful we can make them, the better their businesses 
but the more people that are going to be exposed to fitness and the more that we can help encourage growth within the industry. Um, so I made, um, I did a post, maybe two years now, like time flies, and I spoke about the 18% of the pop, only 18% of the population um, do fitness. Uh, and so there's 82% of the market that aren't doing it and any fitness is good. So if we can help businesses either, well, if we can do it through our channel, that's mm-hmm. great. If we can help inspire people to do it, that's great. But if we can equip businesses to get good at marketing so they can do it on their level. They've got a voice. Yeah, yeah. so they have a voice, then it's only going to improve. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there for everyone. Um, and so, yeah, this is the excitement just to be um, – uh, more creative, it's more making, well thought out. Making bigger impact, I think, this year. And make a bigger impact. Mm. So it's awesome. I think that's it. I think we've summed it up. We've done it. Yeah. That's it. Number 52, the first episode of 2020 with my wife. Even on stage, like my knees. Frame you up. There are things you can still just stay controlled. Fitness. <laughs>